Is he good to you? Man, I tell you what, I couldn't do without him. He is so good. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm excited I got a new earpiece so it don't ramble and crazy and make all kind of bad noises today. I'm excited that God provides. He's a good God. And I, like the song said, without you, God, I am nothing. We got to get to the place where we realize that, right? Because we have a world that's full of pride and they think they don't need nobody. They're just, they're all that in a bag of chips and then, you know, they... They, they think that they got it down and we all know what to do. But the thing is, we are so reliant on Christ. If it wasn't for him, I couldn't get up and make it every day. It's through him. So I want to talk to you about that today a little bit, but in a different slant. Today, the title of my message is The Battle for Courage. I think what, 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 what Christians today um, ha have lost a little bit of is they have lost courage. They've lost the courage to speak out. They, lost, they, they have lost the courage to, to witness, the, the courage to stand up against the enemy, the, the, the courage to, to, to be a Christian. You know, hey, you know, you're like, hey, but are you a Christian? Yeah, yeah I'm good church. Are you, are you, you say you're a Christian? Yeah, I go to What church you go? I got Keenan, 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 you know, if we ain't got the courage to stand up and say, yes, I'm a child of God. I love Jesus Christ. I'm born again. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm good, and I'm ready to go. And if you're not that way, you need to be that way because you're going to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell, so come with me, and let's go to church. Amen. 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 So, but, but that's what we need to understand, man. We just need to, need to have that courage in our life. And so I want to talk to you today about Psalms 42. It's one of the greatest, one of the greatest battles that, that the enemy fights against as a, a believer is in his courage. You know, David, David um, in, in Psalms 42, man, I love David. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He's either like on a mountaintop or he's like not only in the valley, he's like in a the, in the ditch, in a dungeon, and he's, he's in, a, in a grave. I mean, he's either, I'm about to die, you know, or he's like, blessed is the Lord, oh, my soul. You know, I love it. He's just crazy, man. He's just all up and down. But it kind of makes me feel good because I feel that way sometimes. Anybody else? One day you're like, man, come on, Satan, bring it on, Jack. I got you. I can take you out right now. And the next day you're like Elijah, and you're like, oh, God, where's, where's he at? <laughs> you know, I don't feel good. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't want to pray today. We act like little kids, don't we, you know? And we, and we do that because we battle for that. And that's what David was going through, this, this battle for his courage. And David was not having a very good day. He was battling discouragement in a tormenting, tormenting attack. And in Psalms chapter 42, verses 9 through 11 in the New King James, it says, I will say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? Am I with breaking of my bones? My enemies reproach me. And when they say to me all, um, all day long, where is my God? Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. And um, my, the help of my countenance is my God. I want to read, now let me read that in the message version. This is not a, uh, a little version, it's a translation, but I love how it says this. It says, sometimes I will ask God, my rock, my solid God, why do you let me down? Why am I walking around in tears, harassed by my enemies? They're, uh, they're out to kill me. These tormentors are, are, are um, and with their obscenities, taunting me day after day. Where is the God, this God of yours? You know, why, and then he says, why do, are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. So, you know, so if you ever ask God that, God, where are you? You know, that's what David's saying. He's like, man, they're trying to kill me, God. They're coming after me. 
They're about to take me out. They're about to take me down, and I need, I need some backing up, and I don't see you anywhere. You're supposed to be a friend that sticks closer than their brother, and I don't th- you ain't sticking today. You ain't sticky. You know, but the thing is, is he really is. You just don't, you just don't know he's there. You know, we, 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 we get in our flesh sometimes, and we just assume, because I don't really feel them Holy Ghost goosebumps right now, then you're not there, but he's always there. He puts a smile on his face, and, and I love how he's so down. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how long it was between verse 10 and 11. He's like, where are you at, God? They're trying to kill me. Then he's like, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that's within me, bless his name. I, com- I, p- I command my spirit to worship you, God. And so I don't know if that was like minutes or days. <laughs> you know. But, but I know the thing is, the important thing is that he came around to his senses and realized, man, we got to worship God. You know, we, we've also asked, where, God, where are you at? You know, where, where's your God at? You, probably, you know, you, you probably come to church and you've been trying to be a good Christian and you wonder, where's, where's God at? Where, where's, where you have, might even have people ask you when you're going through sickness or disease or situations, where you, I thought you had a God that's healed. I thought you had a God that delivered. I thought you had a God that this and that. Where's he at right now? Where's your God? Amen. Um, and and you know, I was so blessed today to watch um, some of the uh, King... Um, Impact kids back there just worshiping God and singing and, and worshiping, raising their hands and magnifying God. I'm just so proud of them. It's so, so good to see them, and I'm so, so proud of them. We're going to be able to get you all back there before too long, um, as soon as it's, it's, it's safe, and we can do that for you. But, but so what is, what is David saying? Da- David is saying in Scripture, I know I'm discouraged. I know that I'm battling something. I know it's a demonic attack on my life. But you know what? What did he say in verse 11? You know, basically he said, but I can't stay here. I can't allow the enemy to win. I can't allow the enemy to keep beating me down and keep making me feel this way. I have to rise up, and I have to do what God's called me to do, and I cannot stay where I am. Soon I will be praising the Lord. Matter of fact, I want to praise the Lord right now, and he begins to praise the Lord. You know, and so we, we've experienced some great, great attacks. Even when things are going good, people think, Christians think that when things are going good that you don't go through nothing, like if you're doing all the right things. If your marriage is great, is your, your kids are great, your finances are great, your health is great, you're reading your Bible and you're praying, and, pe- and then you go through something all of a sudden, and you're like, well, why is all that happening? I'm, I'm living a good Christian life. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, what did we talk about two weeks ago? We said the, 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 um, that God cuts off the branches that are not bearing fruit, but what does it say that he's doing to those that are bearing fruit? He prunes them, right? So you can be doing everything right, and God's like, that's so wonderful. You're doing all things right. You're going through a good time. Things are great, but let me prune you out a little bit, and so you can, what? Grow more fruit, more fruit. Discouragement comes, and discouragement is the absence of courage. See, discourage means to to take courage out of you. If, If you're discouraged, there has been courage taken out of you. To encourage somebody, you're putting courage into them. Have you ever been around somebody that's, that's an encourager? They're upbeat, they're happy, they're excited. You know, they're, they're, sometimes they're too, I'm going to say this because I know I'm an encourager, I know what people t- tell me, Some, sometimes they're too much for you, you know, at times. You know, but they're, they're, they're upbeat, and when you leave them, you go into it, the situation with, with a situation that you have in your life, and when you leave, you're like, man, I can take on the world, man. I think I can do this. I feel like God's on my side. I feel like Pastor Doug's on my side. We can do, we're going we're gonna to make this happen, right? And so we get excited, and encourager, you know, encourages, and I love to put courage in you. I love to help you make, make you um, fulfill your dreams and do what you got to do. I love that. But then have you ever been around a discourager? You know, and, and, and you leave them, and you feel like, I can't do anything. I might as well quit. I might as well give up. 
because you've around these people and they're like, well, you, you ever heard these people? <clears throat> well, you know, one thing that you're not thinking about, have you ever thought about, maybe you need to consider, you know, you know don't forget about this part. Now, you know what? Now, now I, I appreciate your zeal. I, I think I'm, I'm glad you're excited, but you need to think about this, you know, and you're just like, really? I'm never going to tell you anything again, you know? And, and you just feel like that. But the Bible says to encourage, to encourage each other in the Lord. We're supposed to encourage one another. Matter of fact, David even said, hey, sometimes I have to encourage myself in the Lord. Sometimes you don't have nobody to encourage you. Everybody else may be a down. Maybe your encourager is down. You know, you don't have nobody. Sometimes you just need to lay hands on yourself and say, Lord, I encourage myself in the Lord. Get your anointing all out. Just dump it on your head and go at it, you know. Do it yourself. But when discouragement comes, it brings several things. The first thing that discouragement brings is fatigue. When you get discouraged, you get tired. You know, and I often say that when fatigue walks in, faith walks out. And when you get tired and you, you don't get your sleep and you don't get your rest, man, it's hard to have faith. It's hard, it's hard for me, Pastor. It's hard, when I get really tired, man, it's hard for me to have faith. It's hard for me to believe for somebody. And I'm like, can I go take a nap for about 30 minutes and then I'll come back and I'll be fired up for you. You know, because rest does so much. I get to the place where, where I'm at the place where um, uh, sometimes I just, if I can lay down for 20 minutes and just have my eyes closed, I don't even got to go to sleep. Just resting my body and resting my eyes invigorates me. You know, and so sometimes when you get tired, you need to get out of town once in a while. Do something like that when you can, you know. Uh, or, or take a long nap, you know, just take a long nap. Um, hey, wake up. I wasn't talking to y'all. I was making a point. Don't go to sleep on me right now. I wasn't telling y'all to take a long nap. Um, but anyway, but, but, um, so, so don't start napping right now. But anyway, but if your life's constant chaos, it seems like whenever you, chaos comes to your life, you're the perfect candidate for frustration and discouragement. You know, leads me to my next point. First off, when you get discouraged, you get fatigued, and then you get frustrated. You know, you get frustrated because you have things or a series of things that, that, that did not meet your expectations. Your expectations were not met. And when your expectations are not met about something, you get frustrated. You know, we learned that a lot in marriages, right? And then we learn that, you know what, I, in relationships, but the thing is, is, yeah, you didn't meet my expectations. But then what does the other person say? But I didn't know that was your expectation. Right? So sometimes it, our, our expectations don't get met because the other, person, the other person does not know what expectations are. You know, same way with our kids. We expect them to do things. Well, I didn't know you wanted me to do that, what have you. So, you know, but we, sometimes people aren't meeting our expectations. Sometimes it's our marriages aren't meeting our expectations. Sometimes it's our job that are not meeting our, expect, our expectations. Or our relationships are not meeting our expectations. Or just life in general is not. And sometimes you may feel like that God is not meeting your expectations. So you got uh, fatigue. Then you got frustration, and then after that comes failure. Now, the American culture is, is, is not okay t with the failure part of the journey, which they should be. Failure is not final. Failure is not fatal. You know, I, I said something on, on the other day on, on TikTok or Instagram, something, and I, I, said, I said, losers calls it failure, winners call it w learning. Okay. So, is failure really failing if you learn something from that failure? Right? Thank you, baby. 
You know, so, so, so whenever we fail, let's, don't, let, let's name that failure and say, okay, you know what? What did I, I messed up bad. What can I learn from that situation that I can be better? Then it's not a failure. Um, John Maxwell, uh, the greatest leadership um, guru there is, he, he, uh, he wrote a book called Failing Forward. You know, he's talking about when you fail, man, fall, fall forward with it. Don't fall back. Don't fail backwards. So we got to understand that we can learn from that. We've associated failure with something negative. Or if you fail, you got a character flaw. But failure is just learning and, 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 and getting better and getting stronger in what you're trying to do. Who was it? I forget who it was. Um, um, Edison or somebody who, who, who did the light bulb and they said, um, uh, huh? Edison, okay. So anyway, he had, he, uh, he had like 100 failures or something. And he said, this is, I found, they said, well, you've 100, you failed 100 times. He goes, no, I found, a hun- I ha- found 100 ways not to do it. So instead of failing a hundred times, it was one big hit lesson for him. And he learned how to do that. And see, then, then that brings us to our last thing. And then once you fail, you know, it brings us to our last thing. And Elijah is a great example from this. He just called fire down from heaven, you know, destroyed the sacrifices. And, 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 and it licked up, the fire came down and licked up all the water and all the wood from the, uh, on, on the altar. And the big thing about that was there was a water shortage. And he's like, go get big barrels of water and pour it on here. So he did all this and called down fire from heaven and defeated all the prophets of Baal, and then fear came. Fear's a fourth point there. He killed the prophets of Baal, but then he got an email from Jezebel. Jezebel texted him, emailed him or something, sent him, sent him some kind of Instagram message and said, Look, man, by tomorrow this time, you're going to be dead. Okay, I look at Jezebel as this little four foot eleven, little, kind of like throw mama from a train, that little lady. You know, little, you know I just look at, you know, what's, what's that kid's name? Jared, eat your peanuts or whatever she says to him. I love it. That's a great movie. But anyway, but I just see her. I just see see Jezebel, this little short woman that's just kind of just strong. Just, you know, she's so strong and she looks at you and she gets up in your face like my grandma used to do. And she, hey, listen here, you know. And so he he got he was scared of Jezebel because he had this great victory and, and did all this kind of stuff and then and then he all of a sudden after all the great victory he got tired and he got weak you know and, and then all, the enemy wants to come in right after a great victory right and he, he used her so why was he afraid of this little woman you know it says after the, I'll tell you why because it was a demonic presence on her it was a demonic presence on her and she brought fear to him and caused him and it says he ran for 40 days well first off he went and lay down and 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 an angel gave him some food and drink and he got up and had power to run so then he ran for 40 days and he ended up in a cave first kings chapter 19 and 9 i don't think i have it on the screen it says there then he came to a cave where he spent the night after 40 days of running but the lord said to him i love this what are you doing here elijah what are you doing here? Why, why are you where you're at right now? Selah. You know, in the book of Psalms, it says Selah, S-E-L-A-H. It means think, meditate, stop, pause. So, so he, he's like, Elijah, look, you, look what you did. Look what I did for you. And you got scared. Why, why, why are you where you're at? Where, where am I in your life versus where I was in your life? What happened to you? And he was discouraged, and, 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 and uh, he even said to God, he was saying, God, am I the only one that hadn't turned against you yet? Everybody else has done turned against you. And after he ran his mouth, Jesus looked at him, God looked at him again and said, Elisha, where are you? Where are you at? What are you doing here? See, courage is the opposite of fear. And whenever you're harboring fear, that's a place where courage cannot dwell. 
Dwell, courage cannot be where you are fearful. Courage and fear cannot coexist. You either have courage or you're afraid. There's not, they, they, you don't have a mix of those two. You don't say, well, I'm kind of courage today or I'm kind of fearful. No, you're, you're in fear or you have courage. No matter how mature you are in the Lord, no matter how many um, hours you pray, no matter how much you read the Bible, no matter how much you come to church, no matter how much you pray in the Spirit, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you will get discouraged at some point in time. You ain't that holy. Because everybody's going to go through it. Everybody's going to go through it. Anybody who says, no, I don't get discouraged, oh, come on, man. Be real. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just got to be real. We, we, try to, we try to put on this persona, personification that, that we're just so holy that we don't get discouraged, you know, that we don't fear, that we don't, we don't sin, we don't do this. Come on, man, that's a bunch of junk. You know, we're, we're human. And it doesn't matter whether you're a believer or you're unbeliever or you've been a Christian for a long time, you're going to get discouraged at some time. The point is how do you deal with that discouragement and how long do you stay there? That was the, what's the difference. That's what makes you, you you're more mature in the Lord is what you do with that time. Discouragement is common. And um, you, you, it's not like the, the coronavirus where you can build up antibodies against it. And then you don't, get, you don't get discouraged again. If you're discouraged and you get over it, you're going to get discouraged again. It's just part of life. It happens. It doesn't mean that you're a sinner or you're bad or you're evil or you're not, whole, you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean none of that. It just means that, that, that you cannot build a resistance up against it because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's going to try to make you, make you frustrated and try to make you fail and try to make you fear, and he's going to try to make you frustrated and he's going to try to make you, you discouraged. And it's what we do against that that makes a difference. You can even become discouraged because you're discouraged all the time. Some people are just discouraged all the time. They're so discouraged, they're like, oh, I'm always like this, you know? And I'm just so frustrated. I'm always discouraged. But we don't do nothing to get out of discouragement. We don't do the right things. Discouragement is also um, chronic. And discouragement is also contagious. Discouragement is also contagious. It's very contagious. That's why the devil does not need to discourage our whole church. All he needs to do is just discourage a couple people in the church. And then that discouragement spreads that's why we're supposed to be our brother's keeper and when we know someone's discouraged we need to call them we need to love on them we need to help them we need to pray for them we need to be there for them so we can get them out of that discouragement because it's contagious god wants if you have influence if you have influence you are the one that the enemy wants to to discourage because he wants to take your influence and discourage others with it he wants to take that so if you're a leader if you're a husband or a wife he wants you to discourage the other. If, you, if the husband is discouraged, he wants to discourage the wife. And the wife is discouraged, he wants, he wants to discourage the husband. He wants to discourage parents as a group. He wants to discourage a boss. He wants to discourage a teacher. He wants to discourage a business owner. He wants to discourage a pastor. How much greater would it be for the enemy to discourage me so when I get up here, I'm discouraged? And I can't encourage you, which is my gift. So if the devil can get me not to use my gift, then he's, he's winning, right? But we, if you have influence over somebody or over a group of people, you are a target for discouragement. And it's very contagious. And also, not only is, is, is uh, discouragement contagious, so is encouragement. So the chances are, you know, if you're an encourager, you got lots of friends. If you're a discourager, you're probably sitting around saying, I don't have no friends. I wonder why. 
So maybe you need to think about that. When you're sitting around like, I don't really got no friends. Maybe you're a discourager. Maybe people don't want to be around you. Because you, you drain them. You ever had somebody discourage? Every time you, you don't ask, you never ask them. Remember the old church lady that you never asked her how she was doing? Well, let me tell you, the devil's just been on my back all week long, you know. And they go through this whole list. So you don't ever ask them anymore. You say, hey. <laughs> you know, so that's what happens. It's a discouragement. It brings people down. And then in Psalms 34, that's, you know, I think you need to read Psalms 34 once or twice a week. In New Living Translation, it's so encouraging. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Um, let all who are discouraged take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Um, let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from my fears. Then he took me. Then those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow or shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened and saved me from all of my troubles. For the, Lord, the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds me and defends me who, and all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good and all the joys of those who take refuge in him. Man, that's encouraging. If you're down, you need to go to this scripture in Psalm 34, 1 through 8, and you need to read that today. And maybe you need to read it every day for a couple of days. Maybe even twice a day if you need to. But what did, when that scripture, what was the thing that, that David talked about that was an antidote to discouragement two things praise and prayer he started off about praising he said i will praise the lord at all times i he, i will constantly speak of his praises or his praise will be continually in my mouth the king james says and then he goes on and how he talks about and i prayed to the lord and he answered me so it's praise and prayer it sounds simple but sometimes we look right we're looking so hard for an answer from god we don't realize what the simple answer is we're looking for something deep. We're looking for some Greek and Hebrew um, answer. When God's like, just praise and pray. You'll get out of discouragement. You know, because if, if you don't praise and pray, then you'll be discouraged to stay. These are some basic things. But listen, praise shifts your focus from you to Him. When you're praising, you're shifting your focus from you to Him. And when you're praying, you're shifting your burden from you to Him. So we've got to remember that. Praise and pray. Why should I praise and pray? Because I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on, and what do I say all the time? What you focus on, you fuel, and I am casting my burden on him. Those are the two things that we can do and that, that will make a difference and help you through that. When you begin to pray, number one, worry stops. When you pray, worry stops. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done then you will experience God's peace. So when you pray, worry leaves. So if you're worrying, pray. Now that scripture is so plain. Don't worry, pray. And then thank Him. It says, then you'll experience the peace of God, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus in, in, as you live in Christ Jesus. But we, but we have so many constant worriers we don't have very many courageous warriors. I had to practice that 75 times to say it right. Because it's a tongue twister. It's the same, it sounds the same. But anyway, but here's the thing. Not one time, zero, zilch, nada, never, not going to happen, never has, never will, past, future, or present, never has God answered a prayer of worry. 
Never has God answered a prayer of worry. God only answers a prayer of faith. James chapter 5 um, and and 14 and 15. Is anyone sick among you? Let him come to the elders of the church and let let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will rise him up. And then listen to this. And if he committed any sin, he'll be forgiven. How powerful is a prayer of faith that it will heal and save at the same time? Man, it's tremendous. So uh, if, you're, if you're discouraged today, go home and pray until you stop worrying. Matthew 6 and 27 in, in the NIV says, Who of you by worrying can add one single hour to his life? It does not add to your life. It drains from your life. It will drain you. So you need to say, God, you got to take care of this. This is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. I need your help. I am discouraged. I feel defeated. But you know what, God? I want to sleep in peace, and I need you. Take it in Jesus' name. I love you. Good night. Right? Because, because how many of y'all can ever say, I didn't sleep all night long. I had so much peace. I ain't get a lick of sleep because I was li- I had so I had the peace of God was on me so much last night I couldn't sl- sleep a wink. It, that's right. Amen. Courage and then, so the first thing the first thing that happens is that that uh, worry stops. So you pray, worry stops, and then guess what happens? When wor- when worry stops, courage returns. So courage returns. You know, and, and that peace comes on your life. And then, after courage returned, then prayers get answered. Peace comes in, you know, and we say, God, you know, you will be, you, you, you help me, God, and help me to be content in whatever situation I'm in. And I can handle anything with the peace of God in my heart. See, circumstances can come and go, but when you pray, you know, worry stops, courage returns, and prayers are answered. And I want, I, want to, I want to close out here talking about Moses, Nehemiah, Joseph, Abraham. God gave all of them a promise. I'm not going to go through each story. I don't have the time. And I don't even have the time to go back and tell you all the things that praise does. We'll talk about that on a worship night. But Nehemiah, he was a man of God. And, and it, God gave him a promise and told him, go build the wall. Go rebuild the wall. And he said, like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. So he got the information he needed. He got the king to write a letter. And he went over there. He was all pumped up. He was all encouraged and fired up, ready to build this wall. To rebuild this wall and so when he got there a lot of people tried to kill him some people everybody discouraged him they said this bit this job is too big for us we don't have enough people you know you can't do this you're not supposed to do this you're wrong by this and so it got so bad that nehemiah said hey guys um y'all gonna be on the ladder and I, you're gonna have to have a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other because they're gonna come after us and try to take us and no matter how hard it is, you're going to have to fight and work at the same time. So yeah, sometimes the enemy tries to discourage us, and we need to fight against that. We have, we have the sword in our hand, and we've got to fight the enemy off the whole time we're working for God. And we've got to do that because God gave him a promise. He, he overcome the discouragement. He began to pray, and when you pray, you stop worrying. And when you stop worrying, courage returns. And then when courage returns, all of a sudden you have faith, and you have answered prayers. And I ha- I'm about to give you a, pro- a prophetic word um, um, to, to each one of you right now. That in your life, what's going to happen is God's going to give you a series of promises in your life. 
And the enemy is going to come, and the enemy is going to come and try his very best to discourage you and bring you down. And two things are going to happen. You're either going to pray and, 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 and worry is going to stop, and you're going to go on about Jesus and, and, and meet that promise, or you're going to get in discouragement and frustration and fear, and it's going to halt that promise of God in your life until you get out of it. That's going to happen to you. Why? Because you're human. Because we're not Jesus. And that's going to happen. But you pray the prayer of faith based on what God has said, and the answer will come. Have you ever watched a movie of, 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 of like, all, you got like five or six guys, and then there's this one cat that, that, that thinks he's going to take them all on, and he runs out there with a spear or a sword, and he runs to all five or ten of them, and he's going to take them all on? You know, and you're, and you're like, why is he doing that? I'll tell you why he's doing that. Because he's willing to die for what he believes in. He's willing to die. He's like, you know what? You know, I don't care. If I, I, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to stop them guys from taking my, you know, Shamma. You know, Shamgar, Shamgar. You know, he, had, he killed like a thousand people with an ox goad because he wanted to keep his land. And they were taking out everybody's land. And, and I, had to, I, love, I got a message on that. I love Shamgar. But he's up there with an ox goad, and he's just he took a thousand people out. If I was like somewhere in the three or four hundreds, I'd have left. If I seen this cat with an ox goad, just look like the karate kid, man, just taking everybody out, I'd be like, okay, I'm, this, I'm out. No! I'm number 1,000. I guess I'm next. But why? Because Shamgar believed. He was, he was willing to die for what he believed in. He's like, no, it's, not, it's non-negotiable. We need to get some non-negotiables in our life that we're willing to stand up for God in. We need to get some non-negotiables that we say, you know what? I'm going to stand for this. This is God's promise in my life, and I'm going to stand for it. God promised me that this would happen, and I'm going to fight for it till I die. You know what? And, you, and there's things that you need to think about. You need to fight for your family. You need to fight for your church. You need to fight for your friends. You need to fight for your job, whatever it may be. Fight for your pastor. What? But, but you, need to, you need to say, you know what? This is a dream. This is a vision. Fight for your church and say, you know what? God promised this. I'm going to fight for it. And it's non-negotiable. I'm going to draw a line, Satan. It's not going to happen. But we don't do that. In the heat of the battle, with understanding people, people might possibly lose their life, but they know that it's worth losing their life over trying to fight for what's right. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You need to fight for that. That needs to be non-negotiable. Your family, your husband, your wife, your child, non-negotiable. I'm going to fight for that. God promised me that, that when, they, when they get older, they will not depart from that. It does not mean that everybody's going to get saved, but it means that when they do sin, they know they're sinning. And convicting power of the Holy Spirit is on their life, telling them they're sinning. But you need to fight for your marriage. You need to fight for your home. You need to fight for your children. Fight for your church. Fight for your job. Fight, 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 because you have a promise. We need to find out when we have some non-negotiables. What are you willing to fight for that you're not, that you're not going to lose? I don't need to say it out loud, but think about that. Is there anything in your life that you're, that you're saying, I would fight you to death for this? Maybe not physically, possibly physically, obviously, for, hopefully for your family you would. But how about spiritually? And this is a non-negotiable, Satan, and I'll fight you tooth and nail for this right here. This ain't going to happen. That we're just a non-negotiable, that we just stand strong and we fight. One last little quick story, and I'll be done. Joshua. Joshua and Caleb. Now, the thing about this one is, is he did not lose his courage. Okay? He stood up against the other eight guys and said, no, we can take that land. We got this. I know we got this. And everybody else like, no, we don't. And he's like, yes, we do. Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Be courage and courageous. I'm sorry, be strong and courageous. 
Be strong and courageous, for you will be the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to your ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and courageous. Be, be careful and obey all instructions that Moses gave you. Um, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night and be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now here's the deal. Joshua didn't, didn't, didn't get the promise that he was going to go and wasn't going to have to do nothing. Actually, God promised him. The promise, that, the promise that God gave to Joshua was, I'll be with you everywhere you go. He didn't say, you ain't going to fight, you're going to, nothing, no, 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 no. He said, you're going to go over there across the Jordan, and you're going to have some battles. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some bloodshed. But I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. You don't worry about it. Just like Joseph, we talked about several weeks back, everywhere he went, in the pit, the palace, and all that, he, God was always with him. It says that everywhere he went, it says that God was with him. God's hand was upon his life. With Joshua, everywhere he went, all the battles he fought. Joshua had to remember one thing that God said, I've called you to win this fight. Don't lose courage and do everything that I tell you. I am with you everywhere you go. And I'm here to tell you today that we need to fight and we need to remember the promise that God gave us. That, that we are winners, that, that we, we are more than overcomers in Christ. And that, we, that we're going to win this city. And that we're going to sp spread love, life, inspire love, life, and relationships. And you need to remember the promise that God gave you, whatever that is. And you need to make it non-negotiable. And you, you don't need to, to worry, fret, and fear, and be anxious and stressed. You need to pray until you quit worrying about it. And sleep in peace. And if you can't sleep, then, then keep praying until you fall asleep, until that peace comes. And just know you're going to have battles. You're going to have bloodshed. Not necessarily physically, but spiritually. You're going you're to get knocked down. But get back up. Why? Because God is with me. He's got your back. He's there with you. He's there for you. You're an overcomer. Allow God to help you during this situation. Amen? I was sitting, I, don't, I didn't get to see if everybody, hopefully everybody's still commenting on there. Here's the thing. God loves you and he cares for you. I pray today that you be encouraged. I pray today that you are encouraged when you leave here today, that you feel like you can walk out of here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what i got to do, and I'm going to have some non-negotiables, and I'm tired of that enemy picking on this part of my life, and I'm going to step up to the line and punk him down and make sure he understands that I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, and he can't mess with me. He ain't got the game that I got. Because I got game. Because I got God on my side. I can do this. I don't have to worry. Worry changes nothing. It only drains you. Quit letting it drain you and start praying. When you pray, it encourages you. It lifts you up. It puts, it puts courage into you. You bow your hand, close your eyes. Is there anybody here today who say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I want to be saved. I want Christ to come into my heart. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But if you were here today and you want to receive Christ, if you just slip up your hand and say, I want, to, I want to receive Christ, I want to be saved. I want to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. If you just raise your hand. Anybody here to go? Okay. 
If you would say today, Pastor Doug, you'd be honest and you'd be honest to raise your hand and say this because you know, hey, you're human, I'm human, I get discouraged and, you, and you're willing to say today that I'm in a season of discouragement. Pastor Doug, will you pray for me and I'm going to begin to pray and I'm going to get out of this thing as soon as I can. Anybody in here today say, I'm, in, I'm a little discouraged. Yes, yes, I see those hands. Yes, 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 I see those hands. You're discouraged, you're discouraged, yes. Okay, well, let's begin praying right now about that. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are discouraged here today. I pray that you put encouragement into them. I pray that something I've said today that has encouraged them. And God, we rebuke the enemy on their behalf, and we just curse Satan right now in the name of Jesus. Command him to back off from them and command him to loose his hold and his grip on their lives that's causing them to be discouraged. And Lord, I just pray that the peace of God that passes understanding will come in their life and encourage them today. They would not be frustrated. They would not be fearful. They would not be afraid. But they would stand strong and tall. And they would look at the Satan and, and say, no negotiate, no more. This is it. This is the line. I will serve God. I will not turn back. Nothing can turn my back on God ever again. I will stand strong and I will stand tall and I will stand firm in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And Satan, you are a loser and you will not take my life ever again. You will not influence me in that way. I may sin. That's because of my own pleasures in my life that I have because of what the scripture says that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God but every time I do I will ask for forgiveness and I will stand up and I will keep marching towards the cross hallelujah hallelujah God we just serve you right now and I just thank you that you are putting courage into people's lives today in this room and on television and on, uh, social media online wherever they're watching YouTube or, or Facebook or what have you God, put it in them today. Be encouraged in the Lord in Jesus' name. And be free from fear of the enemy. Because he's already defeated. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.